Welcome to Twin Talk. This is Joy, and I'm here with my sister Angie. And Angie, it's been quite a while since we've done a podcast, so I just, what's been going on? How come we haven't done a podcast in so long? That's a great question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a really good excuse to you. Not really. Uh, just being out for summer, I've been trying to declutter my house and just spend time with my daughter, so yeah, I guess podcasts have kind of been on the back burner. Yeah, it does seem like I've just been really, really busy this last month. Yeah. just ha- I really have had a lot going on. Well, oh. what's tell the listeners what's been going on with you. Things have been pretty crazy in your life lately. Okay, so I did have an epiphany about <laughs> our podcast and, mm-hmm. and reading in general. And I, I'm, this is so... You ever just have a thought and you think, wow, I've just never thought of that before. Yeah. So, so I've been trying to read this book, The Last Green Valley, which is what we're discussing right. today. Right. And that, this last month of my life has been fairly crazy. Just had a lot of odd things happen in my life. Right. And it just hit me. So all during that time, well, just for instance, this is just for instance, that we had a flood in our, in the city that I work in. There's a lot of families who were displaced. Well, we ended up taking one of those families into my home. Right. It was a great family. They were wonderful, but pretty stressful. You know, having a family live with you is very stressful. And that just reminds me, I was going to try to help her out. With a family, with cooking, cleaning, and their house was totally flooded, helping cleaning out their house. But I just happened to be going on a mission trip to Nicaragua, which that's a whole other podcast in itself. So I was, the whole week that she had this family in her house, I was in another country and not able to help her. Yes, and the whole time I was going, Joy, come back, I need you. I know, I felt bad not being here to help. And so Joy was in Nicaragua, I'm uh, here trying to you know, host a family who has lost everything. And then our, it's funny, our older sister, Sherry was, she happened to be in Florida that week. Well, Mm -hmm. she came back. I think she had just gotten back from Florida. Anyway, she was talking about how you guys are out saving the world and I'm laying on the beach. I thought that was funny, (laughs) but anyway, so I said all that to say this. Oh, and the other thing was my dog was recently diagnosed with a life-threatening disease and yeah, so I was horrible I was dealing with that we we literally thought he was getting ready to die but but he had a, a little a blood transfusion we have a wonderful vet who used his labradoodle dog and gave him a blood transfusion and he's doing wonderful and then on top of that my son had this horrible um poison ivy he had to go to the doctor it was so bad mm. and then just I mean you just name it one thing after another that's true I feel like you, you went through it yeah this yeah. last month you've been through it and so this is what's funny and this is and I'm tying this in with our podcast now so I would be driving most of the time I listen to our audiobooks on my way to work at my lunch hour sometimes and on my way home right well and I would catch myself rewinding and rewinding because I had so much on my mind that I couldn't concentrate right. on the book so this was a great book. I'll go ahead and say it now. But I'll tell you, my experience reading this book was not normal. Like, you know what I'm saying? If any mm-hmm. other time in my life, if I had read this book, I would have had a different experience. So have you ever just thought about that? Oh, how, yeah. I really, yeah. What's go, yeah, the whatever's going on in your life, whatever circumstances or stress or whatever, does affect, because uh, we listen to most of our it books. It affects your overall experience yeah, it, of the it book. It affects your concentration how, like, yeah, if I'm super stressed or have a lot going on, it's really hard for me to concentrate and really listen to the book. Right, and so it just hit me. I always have these visions of laying on a beach reading a book. Well, that's I think that's the reason that image comes to my mind so much because in, subconsciously I know 
that's one of the few times I can actually really enjoy a book. Yes. Is your when you're you have no distractions and you don't have life getting in the way. Right. So just the fact that you and I read so many books as we do with in life with life going on, everything that throws you away, it's a wonder that we really get a lot of these books that we do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty impressive that we're with our lives as crazy and busy Mm -hmm. as they usually are that we can do so many books. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's all. I I was just kind of having those epiphanies that dang it, your life and what's going on really does affect your overall experience of reading a book. Yes, it really does. That's why sometimes I'll go back and reread a book Mm -hmm. because I'm like, I didn't really get to really get into it and enjoy it and pay attention to it. Like it didn't have my full attention. Yes. Thank you. That was very well put. So yeah, a little background on this book. I just was walking through the hallway one morning or evening or afternoon. I can't remember. And I heard a couple of teachers in the hall talking and, there's an English teacher there, and she was talking about this book called The Last Green Valley, and she was just on and on about how good it was and how much she loved it. It was one of the best books she's read in a long time. So, of course, uh, I had to look it up, and it was on Audible, and I told Angie about it, so we both listened to it on Audible. And um, I'm going to go ahead and read the overview. So, The Last Green Valley is a book written by Mark Sullivan, and it was published in May of 2021, so it's relatively Mm. new. In late March 1944, as Stalin's forces push into Ukraine, young Emil and Adelina Martel must make a terrible decision. Do they wait for the Soviet bear's intrusion and risk being sent to Siberia? Or do they reluctantly follow the wolves, murderous Nazi officers who have pledged to protect pure-blood Germans. The Martels are one of many families of German heritage whose ancestors have farmed in Ukraine for more than a century. But after, uh, but after already living under Stalin's horrifying regime, Emil and Adelina decide they must run and retreat from their land with the wolves they despise to escape the Soviets and go in search of fr- freedom. Caught between two warring forces and overcoming horrific trials to pursue their hopes of immigrating to the West, the Martell story is a brutal, complex, and ultimately triumphant tale that illuminates the extraordinary power of love, faith, and one family's incredible will to survive and see their dreams realized. So it was a very powerful story. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. We couldn't even scratch the surface probably in one podcast. But I was going to ask you, are there any particular characters or scenes from the book that made an impression on you? Yeah, and just as you were reading that, the thought went through my head. So, like, at the beginning of the book, they let you know this is based on, on true, a true Oh, yes, a, a I should have clarified that. This is historical fiction. Mm-hmm. It is based on tons of research and the, the I think it's the grandson's. Um, of the Martells that are retelling the story. And, of course, he says, you know, um, he just basically he just tries to make the conversations as realistic as they they can be. You know, Mm -hmm. they weren't there to hear the conversations, but they put them in context and and, and say he tries to put in the characters' mouths things that are likely to have been said, things that are likely to have happened. So we don't know for sure every single thing, you know, was that true, was that true, but the majority of it does retell the truth of what happened. Yeah, so what I kept catching myself forgetting that this was based on a true story. Mm -hmm. And so I think if I would have reminded myself throughout the book that a lot of this actually happened, I think it would have been not that it wasn't fascinating already, but it would have been more fascinating to, if yeah. I would have remembered that fact. Um, okay, so you asked, was there any um, scenes or anything in the book? 
that stuck out to me. So the one the one thing that stuck out to me was, you know, of course we're in World War Two, and it's like toward the end of the war. And um, the thing that really stuck out to me was like when uh, so at one point in the book, uh, the main character, um, the what the wife, Adelina, um, Adelina, her husband, he's taken prisoner and he's not with her, and it's just her and the boys. And at night, on, there were certain nights where all the um, military men would have a night off and they would go basically get drunk and basically any woman was fair game yeah and so from my understanding from the book the russians it was kind of an unwritten rule the russians military guys were basically told you are allowed to have any german woman you want right at certain periods of time yeah Yeah. there was especially it was a free-for-all if it's a german woman she's yours yeah, and it was like it was like a Friday or Saturday night. I don't remember. There was a particular day of the week that that they would all go out and get drunk, and they would look for women. And she and a lot of the other women had found an old church that they would take sanctuary in, and they were hiding in there. And most of the men couldn't figure out where they were going. And right. That that scene really struck me. It was, I just it was horrible, and I know that I believe that part's true, and. I just think it's horrible to be a woman living in those times. And so many of the women didn't have their husbands to protect them because they were either in these war camps like Siberia mm-hmm. or they were had been killed in the war mm-hmm. or, you know, it, it was horrible. The they men didn't have just protection. weren't around to protect the them. The men weren't around to protect the wives, and it was really sad. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing that stood out to me was there was one part where Emil, one of the main characters, you know, like they said, they're fleeing the Russians and following the Germans, just trying to get out of the war territory and go west and try to find some sort of a peaceful life but anyway he's basically told he's captured and he said look uh you've got to prove that you're a good german that the german soldiers the nazis were telling him you've got to prove yourself to us that you're a good german and they brought him to this town where they were killing jews and i I think it said it took four days to kill the jews all these thousands of jews and they put a gun in his hand and they said shoot and i think it was two little girls and their dad and he just struggled and struggled because he knew if he didn't kill them, he would be killed. And he wanted to get back to his wife and kids. And I won't say what happened, you know, just in case anybody reads the book. But I just thought to myself, if someone put a gun in my hand and said, you have to shoot the people in front of you or you will be killed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And you what think you would do the right? I think I would do the right thing and say, I'm not going to do it. But you never know until you're in that situation. Yeah, and what kept going through my mind was... He knew they were going to be killed regardless if he did it or not. Yes. And and I'm playing devil's advocate here because right. I'm not saying it's ever right to kill a human right. being. But I kept thinking, man, if I was in that situation, that probably would go through my head. They're going to die anyway. Yeah, and that's what he, I think and, that did go through the character's yeah. head. I think he did say, well, if I don't do it, the guy behind me is going to do it. Right. You know? but, so what's it matter? They're going to be killed anyway. Right. And then that goes back to your beliefs. Like for me personally, I think, well, I personally am not going to have their blood on my hands. Right. So, you know, regardless of who kills them, I don't want it to be on me. Right. You know, that's how I would look at so it. So that but. was a very strong scene. Another one was his sister, um, what was her name? Um, Risa. You know, I, yeah, I had a really hard time keeping up with. Uh, yeah, there was, it's a pretty big family, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're all traveling together and trying to escape mm-hmm. uh, all the war and everything. But anyway, there's a scene where she's trying to climb back on the train that's taking them west, and uh, 
she falls and basically gets both uh, she gets caught on the between the trail uh, I'm sorry the tracks tracks on the train Mm -hmm. and both of her legs get cut off below Mm -hmm. the knee and that whole scene of them having to cauterize her legs and her screaming and there's something else that happens there that I won't say but um it was horrific and I just, those are just two examples of things that happened in the book that are just horrific that they had to face because of the war. Yeah, that's, that was an awful, awful part of the book. Did you have anything else, any other characters or scenes that stood out to you? Um, you know, I just, they had two young boys and, and my heart just kept going out for those boys because they were, throughout the book, they're saying, Mama, I'm hungry. Mama, I'm tired. Yeah. And there was nothing they could do for him. Oh, no, that was heartbreaking. I'm hungry. I'm tired. Mama, where are we we going? When are we going to get somewhere? When When are we going to, can we go back home? Yes. And they couldn't. That was heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. So there's, we're just hitting the surface here. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are so many stories and so many things that happen. And I, I do highly recommend. Here's one thing that was unique to me about the book, and I'm sure there's a lot of books like this, but... It seems like most of the World War II books I read are from the Jewish perspective. Mm. It's always about the Holocaust and the different individual Jewish families or individuals and what all they all the horrific things they faced. And those are good books, and you know we've read a lot of them. But this one was from a German family, a German family's point of view, and they were not Nazis, and they were not in favor of killing, and they were not in favor. They were just simple farmers living in the in Ukraine, right? And they just they just wanted a peaceful life. They didn't want to deal with politics. They didn't want anything to do with the Nazis. Yet they were forced in the middle of all this stuff. So I just thought the book was unique and that it was from the German family's point of view. Yeah, I have to say, so like, you know, growing up, we're basically fed stories uh, from history books, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you learn all the facts. You learn who were the allies, who were the axis. You learned who won, who were the leaders, you know, mm-hmm. in the major. But you're never told and you never think about the millions of individual families that had their own story to tell. Right. And so that's why I liked reading this book because it reminded me, okay, all those millions of people were made up of families who had who had children who mm-hmm. had lives but you but you don't really think about it individually you just think of it as a whole as a war mm-hmm. and but like this book reminded me okay there were people who sh- had struggles and suffered tremendously mm-hmm. through this war and like and like you said just because a family was German didn't automatically make them bad. Right. You know? And I think yeah. it's so unjust and unfair mm-hmm. that so many, you know, people automatically hear someone's German. And I don't think that stereotype is still around today. Mm-hmm. But back then, like Emil, at one of the scenes, he was a soldier being led through a town. And people were spitting on him and calling him every name in the book. Mm-hmm. And you dirty Nazi. And just assuming mm-hmm. uh, the Russians had him as a German yeah uh, prisoner of war this is another story but anyway they automatically assumed that he was part of the killing and part of the nazi party mm-hmm. so a lot of germans suffered and were just categorized as these monsters when they had nothing to do with it and because of uh, them traveling like through russia through ukraine through germany depending on where they were at mm-hmm. determined on who they had to pretend they were yes that's you know? so true they just did whatever they could i'm not judging them so, i probably would have done something so if, yeah. Yeah, if they're in germany if they're with russians they're we're like, okay, going to be loyal to russia. hitler yeah, if yeah. we're in Russia, then we're not going to say anything bad about Stalin. I mean, yeah. they had to adapt to survive. Yeah, it was a constant, I, uh, like being chameleons. They had to, wherever, mm-hmm. it's, it's like, okay, wherever we're at, we have to act this way and be a certain way to, to be safe. Yeah. You know? 
So how many green valleys would you give this book? Well, you know, it's a great book, because, but because of my state of mind, I'm just going to give it like four green valleys. Oh, I but, think that's good. I mean, that is good because it was a great book. But, I mean, and I, this is no reason to give a book less of a rating, but it was so depressing, mm-hmm. you know, and, that, and you don't give a book a bad it's, rating because yes, it's depressing. It's her, there's but, so many horrific stories and so many mm-hmm. sad things yeah. that happen. It's yeah. a hard read. Yeah, and there were so many things, like I mentioned earlier, I was going through a lot in my life, and I thought, oh, I kind of like the last thing I read, not a book I need to read right now is something that's even more depressing. And mm-hmm. so I kept thinking, oh, I kind of wish we were reading a more upbeat book. Yeah. It kind of, but you know, it's timing wasn't the, the greatest. Timing wasn't the greatest. But anyway, like I said, I, I could probably read that book again next year mm-hmm. under different circumstances. I'd probably have a totally different, different perspective. Yeah, different. Yeah. So who do you think would enjoy reading this book? Um, you know, I, I feel like people who have German ancestry, mm-hmm. um, people that, basically people, and anyone who has any type of connection or ancestors who lived through World War II, I yeah. think they would, they would think that would really I like agree, it. and I think anyone who likes historical fiction, anyone, mm-hmm. especially if you're interested in the World War, World War II era, I think mm-hmm. you would especially enjoy reading it. Yeah. So. Okay, so uh, the reason it was called The Last Green Valley is Adelina had seen a real pretty picture uh, I think it was a house nestled at the bottom of a mountain. It was in a green valley with like a creek or river running through it. You know, it's like a picturesque, uh, at, I don't know, setting, setting yeah. out of a book. And so every time the boys would ask her, Mama, where are we going to live? Where are we going? We're going, and she'd tell them, We're going to a beautiful green valley. And she would describe that picture. And this is where my memory is getting horrible, but isn't that where they ended up? I think that was mm. part of the miracle. I know. I want to tell the hate, uh, about the ending and about her Green Valley. Uh, but they man, end up in Montana. They end up in uh, Billings, Montana, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, the ending's awesome. The ending and, you know, is awesome. Another yeah. huge theme was Emil had lost his faith in God. He mm. questioned God through the whole thing. Yeah. He, the, his whole viewpoint was, how could God let this happen? How could God let that happen? A just God wouldn't let my sister's legs get cut off. A just God wouldn't let us almost starve. And then Adelina had the opposite view. Oh, thank you, God, for providing this meal when we were about to starve. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, God, that you saved Reese's life and she didn't die. You know, she always took the Christian view and, and the God view. And what's so cool, she was kind of redeemed in the end because mm-hmm. she does get her Green Valley. And it's awesome. And, you know, it's funny because that is a theme throughout the book is her Christian faith and her mm-hmm. strong belief in God. And I... Uh, for some reason, I saw a review on this, and the person said, "I if I wanted to be preached to, I would I wouldn't have read this book." Ooh, they really? said something about See, being preached. I, to. I never thought about no. it. I, I thought about it as both perspectives. Yes, there was a perspective that there is no God, and there's a perspective from the wife that yes, there definitely yeah. is. So when I read that review, I, I immediately thought, "Huh, uh, no, I, I never feel like that. this being preached no, at all." I Matter of fact, I thought it gave a very balanced view. Yes. Of how one viewed the war mm-hmm. as no God exists, and the other mm-hmm. one viewed everything that happened as God exists. And I thought that was what was so interesting to see mm-hmm. how he viewed each incident and how she viewed yeah, each incident. I, yeah, I thought it was very balanced, not preachy at all. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to get deep here. Um, I've asked Angie to describe... So, Adelina's Green Valley was this, you know, where they're going to live their forever home. And it's this beautiful Green Valley with the mountains, snow-capped mountains, and the water, and it's peaceful, and, and things like that. So, Angie, 
were you prepared for this? Did you see this? Yes. Okay. You, you're I'm looking not, at your face I'm not exactly sure. Do you mean literally? Like, well, I said describe your Green Valley. Like, where would be your forever home, your perfect place, and it can be where you live now. I mean, oh, uh, as you said, you are mean literally. Yeah, where would I be mean my dream literally. Place to live. That okay. was her dream. Okay. Was that beautiful green valley with the mountains and the water and they said they could fish all day and and she said they could she'd have a big garden i mean that was like her dream mm. space do you have a green valley well i mean it's funny because i am oh gosh you know i love so many different settings so like like my dream would be to live by the ocean right but i also want to live on a mountain and actually look over a valley mm-hmm. like that and it's funny because when she was describing that green valley you know what came to my mind so when we were kids, we had a bus route that was like an hour mm-hmm. long, and there was one place, and we, it was kind of up on the top of a really high hill. I wouldn't call it a mountain, and Joy and I, you know, we were on the bus, and and we had to turn around this one place, but you, it turned around, and where it turned around, you could see, oh, it yeah. looked over this beautiful green valley, green valley. yeah, that's and true, you, and down in the valley, you could see little houses and little rows, mm-hmm. and it was, in, in my in my opinion, that was one of the most beautiful scenic spots around here. It's not yeah. even that far from where we live. Right, it's grown up now. The trees, you can't really see it, but right. anyway, when she was describing that, I thought, wow, we kind of have a green valley here. But mm-hmm. yeah, I would, I would definitely love to live at a place where I could look down and see that the one that described in the book. Yeah, yeah. heck yeah, my green valley i'm kind of like you i'd like in the i'd like to live by the ocean i'd love to have a cabin in the mountains Mm -hmm. i would love to live by a lake or a river Mm -hmm. but we went to a um we rented a house in jasper arkansas oh yeah that literally looked over a green valley and i fell in love with this house it's my mm-hmm. i think it's probably my dream house as far mm-hmm. as the, the balcony that looks out over oh, the valley awesome. i could sit on that valley all day and honestly i think if i had to pick i think i would love to live there i think that would be my green that valley. was awesome so. i just have to tell our listeners joy is holding her little baby tucker <laughs> and she just keeps kind of rocking him and he's literally going to sleep while oh. we're sitting here talking he is the most precious little He's so sweet. Okay. Well, we're about to end this, but I do want to mention to Angie and to our listeners, this was not his first historical novel. Mm. His first historical novel was called uh, called Beneath the Scarlet Sky, and Mm. I do want Angie to read it if she ever gets a chance. But warning to the listeners and to you, it's it's similar to The Last Green Valley in that there's so much heartache. It's it's the same deal. It's mm-hmm. it's about this guy, it's World War Two, and he and it goes through his whole life. Now this same English teacher that recommended The Last Green Valley, I asked her about this Beneath the Scarlet Sky is the name of his first historical novel. Mm-hmm. And she said, I just don't believe that guy. She said, I don't believe all that stuff happened. She mm-hmm. said, I think he's a liar. Really? And a self-promoter. Yeah, wow. yeah, she well, I don't know if she actually used the term liar, but yeah. she was very negative. She said, I just don't know. And it's funny that she said that because I never really doubted any of the story. Mm-hmm. It all seemed lot. It all seemed. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, reasonable, reasonable, like plausible. Mm-hmm. Yes, to me it all seemed. I mean, there were some pretty crazy stories mm-hmm. in there, but there were also in the last yeah, Green Valley. And, and how many times in life you hear, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. So many yes, times, so. and that's what. So I. So even though she didn't like it, I really liked it, and mm-hmm. I just want to read the review. So. Maybe the listeners, y'all can decide for yourself if you want to listen to it or read it or not. But I thought it was a a really good book. And, I mean, some of the stuff in there, I'm like, wow, Mm. that really happened, you know. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is it. It's called Beneath the Scarlet Sky. 
Pino Lella wants nothing to do with the war or the Nazis. He's a normal Italian teenager, obsessed with music, food, and girls, but his days of innocence are numbered. When his family home in Milan is destroyed by Allied bombs, Pino joins an underground railroad helping Jews escape over the Alps and falls for Anna, a beautiful widow six years his senior. In an attempt to protect him, Pino's parents force him to enlist as a German soldier, a move they think will keep him out of combat. But after Pino is injured, he is recruited at the tender age of 18 to become the personal driver for Adolf Hitler's left hand in Italy. General Hans Leiers, one of the Third Reich's most mysterious and powerful commanders. Now, with the opportunity to spy for the Allies inside the German high command, Pino endures the horrors of the war and the Nazi occupation by fighting in secret, his courage bolstered by his love for Anna and for the life he dreams they will one day share. So, um, even if only half of the story were true, that Angie, interesting. it's yeah. very, mm-hmm. to me, I liked it just as much or maybe even more mm-hmm. as The Last Green Valley. Yeah. And even, and once again, he, he has a disclaimer. He says, this is historical fiction. I've done all the research I can. He says a lot of the records were destroyed in fires, you know, that, you know, that the, between both of the sides of the Nazis and the Soviets um, went around destroying things that would show their criminal activity. So he said a lot Mm. of stuff he couldn't, Mm. you know, he heard it from Pino Lella and his family members, but he couldn't verify a lot of it because the records had been destroyed. That's interesting. I never thought about all the records being destroyed. Hmm. And then people were coming out of the woodwork going, oh, he claims to have gone to this boys camp in the summer. And then there was someone who went there and said, I don't remember this guy and he's not in any of my pictures. And Mm. there's controversy. Yeah. But anyway, even if only half of it were true, yeah. It is an incredible story. Wow. So I highly recommend It's called Beneath the Scarlet Sky. So that was his first one. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Beneath, uh, The Last Green Valley was his second book, Mark Sullivan. And um, anyway, I highly recommend them both. So Okay. Well, did you have any closing thoughts or anything um, else you want to say? I just want to do a, a plug for... So we did... Um, where the Crawdad sings uh, uh, previously, right, and it's getting ready to come out in theaters. All right, so, right. and uh, we're planning on going to see that movie. Yeah, so let's just hope that the movie is half as good as the book was. Yeah. And what's funny is I'm seeing so many comments on Facebook from people talking about it coming out, mm-hmm. and you just you don't think. I always just think, oh, people don't know anything about it. You forget, you know, that other people read, too. You know what I'm saying? I always just think no one reads as much as we do. But apparently they do because a lot of people are talking about how the book's coming out. And I actually kind of want to go back and reread the book before we see it Mm -hmm. because it's been a while. I went back and listened to our podcast Mm -hmm. about it just to kind of refresh my memory. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that... Uh, where the Crawdads Sing, find it in our list of podcasts if you want to listen there and go see it. It's coming out in movie theaters July 15th, I believe. Yeah, and hopefully the movie is half as good as the book. Yeah, yeah, and uh, also join us for our next podcast. We're going to be discussing The Grey King. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us, and we will see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk.